and don't have any gotchas. I hate that one. And I've only gotten punched four times for doing it, so. Nobody died. This is what you do. This is where you do it. Throw some kinks in there just to spice things up on purpose. To me, it sounds good in principle. I model railroad because it's more relaxing than golf. You just have to find that crotchety guy to open the gate. I, I think that helps on some layouts, but... You're listening to The Crossing Gate, the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division of the National Model Railroad Association. The topics and discussions are about the world's greatest hobby, model railroading. Here are your hosts, Thomas Gazier and Ken Zeska. This episode of the Crossing Gate Podcast is brought to you by The Track Too Far. Have you ever designed and built a layout on a 4 by 8 foot board? You know the drill. Put track in a big oval, put down a few switches, and maybe even a siding. Then you push it against the wall and start to run your favorite trains. But that track way in the back might be an issue. But not to you. You know nothing could go wrong. There is no way a train would derail back there, out of reach, out of sight in that corner tunnel, but it does. And you're left with reaching over your entire creation, knocking over buildings, being skewered by foam poles, and crushing the tree in Mrs. Thompson's yard that holds her cat stuck on a branch with the local fire department trying to save it. Do people really model that stuff? Anyways, yes, if you're lucky enough to have attached the 4x8 board to some solid benchwork, at least you won't have the entire empire collapse as you crawl over the turntable to reach those derailed boxcars. But, of course, you just put the board on a couple of old sawhorses that your grandpa used in the 1920s and called it good. Heck, the 4x8 is probably particle board because you are thrifty. And save your nickels for another $350 heritage diesel unit from a railroad you don't even model. Because you model steam in the 1940s. (sighs) So remember, always put your track within reach and allow for retrieval of derailed trains from a safe pop-up or aisle. Then you'll never have a track too far. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Crossing Gate Podcast. I'm joined by David Hamilton. Hello. Ken Borowski. Hi, Tom. Dan Dosa. Hello, everybody. Mike Jordan. Good morning. And I'm your referee for today, Thomas Gazier. And our discussion is going to be beyond the safety briefing, operations instructions, written or verbal, on how to explain nuances on your layout that work. Do you tell people about how things go, or do you hand them an index card with a map and things to reduce the the hay cans and the hay mics? So I'll start with you, David. What do you do after the job briefing to explain uh, portions of the CB&Q? Well, once we pick the jobs and find out who's going to do what, and I usually use a number like a playing card system or little tokens, then off they go. And I've got the railroad set up so everything starts at the same time. Nobody's sitting around and we're waiting for a job. And each job 
each one actually does have a three by five, maybe it's three and a half by five and a half cards in a plastic sleeve that actually explains what they're supposed to do. And I've actually seen people use them, which, you know, I find interesting, but that's another topic. And then during the session, I walk around and visit everybody, kind of quietly, of course. I don't announce my presence. Sometimes point stuff out to them and say, well, you know, you could do it this way, but you're doing the job, so do whatever works. And I ask, even the regular guys here, I'll ask them if they're having any problems or they don't understand something, or I'll say, if, and if you can think of a better way to do it, have at it. You know, that's fine with me. That sounds a, a lot kinder than, I've never seen it done that way, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't know that I've, I've certainly, I've heard that, you know, I've been a victim of that, but I don't know that I've ever, you know, said that to anybody over here. So you've been on the receiving end, okay. Yeah, more than once, and, and I find it amusing. I'll come up with some stupid remark to make usually, but, you know, you had mentioned when we were talking before about maps, I've been really negligent about that, about having specific maps for each of the switching areas, you know, for lack of a better term. But I figured that I've gotten into naming the tracks and putting labels, you know, like from, with my little label maker on certain, tr the beer track or the AD track or the whatever track. And I figure that since every one of the buildings or structures or platforms has a tag on it, it's like, well, do you really need a map? You know, if, if it says G. Heilman Brewing, do you really need a map that shows Heilman Brewing? You know, I mean, it's, at some point, it's kind of obvious from, you know, all these locations. So that's something that I've thought about adding more maps, but then at some point, when is it overkill? So, yeah. yeah, I visit the operators and see how they're doing. You know, I, I don't just sit and gossip with whoever else is done. I do try to walk around and talk to everybody. Even the people I don't like, I try to walk around and talk to them too. So, Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty neutral about a lot of stuff. So, All right, Mr. Jordan, what do you do after the job brief to keep the hay mics down? This is my weakest point on the whole railroad and is my paperwork. That's something that I'm working on, and I make mental notes of the questions that people ask me so that when I do get to the paperwork part, I can put down the most pertinent questions or answers, I guess. Along what Dave was just talking about is I, all my buildings have a name on them. The car card says it goes to Ingle Gray's Oil. And, you know, you just, you know, there's only eight industries in that district, so you can pick it up pretty quick. But it's the, once the cars are assembled, and how do you get down to the transfer point? That's, that's where I'm lacking in my paperwork. It's mostly when you get eight cars, go there. Then bring eight cars back with you. And then I start the process all over again because most operators have short-term memories. Selective, selective memory. Select. Mr. Borowski, what do you do for after the job briefing then? Well, I get a lot of new operators on my layout because I uh, participate in the ops retreat and stuff. And I always, you know, try to get newer people over as well. 
So I usually try to get them over a little bit early, you know, before regulars so they can wander around the layout and check things out and get oriented a little bit and see where things are at. I now use the telephone system. So I like to go over that, you know, beforehand, not not that it's hard uh, to use, but just so they know where to find the phone numbers, you know, listed when they have to make a call and things like that. And I point out that, uh, you know, I've got maps located at each of my basic switching areas that kind of has lay of the land with the different industries named. After we do the briefing, everybody that's running a train would get an instruction card, which is a laminated four by eight piece of paper with uh, with their instructions on, on the front. And then the back's got a schematic of the whole layout on there too, which helps them because if, if they're going from point A to point C, they don't really know how far along and on the layout that actually is if they've never been there before. So it kind of gives them a rough idea knowing that they're going through like half the layout before they get to where they have to do some work. But yeah, I just try and label a lot of things, have the maps by the different locations, just go over some general stuff when you're done with your with your train, where to put your paperwork so it doesn't end up laying all over the basement and then you can't find stuff. It all goes in one spot. Yeah. Just basic things like that, you know, check your pockets and make sure you don't have any car cards in there, you know, when you're, when you're leaving and things, you know, just stuff we've all dealt with, I'm, I'm sure in the past, you know, that line, you know, how, how the throttles work, if they've never, you know, if they're a new person, they might not know how to use a Digitrax throttle. Is that a verbal instruction or do you have something written down there or how to, you know, how to plug in and um, it's not written. fire an engine? Well, I've got that written for the yard operators because they're usually the ones that are going to set that stuff up just in case they're using a, a different system than what they're used to using. So that has written on their instructions how to acquire and how to uh, dispatch a locomotive. But I generally try and do all that stuff prior to the session so that we're not fumbling through this stuff when everybody else is trying to run run a train and kind of get things backed up. So I, so I usually tell guys to show up a little bit early if, they, if they're new so, so we can go over all that stuff. But it's usually all verbal. Okay. And Dan, what do you think is the most, yeah, what, what's the most asked question on the Minnesota commercial, you think? Do the layer, do the levels connect? Yeah, there we go. Ken, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love the way you've organized the paperwork on your layout. And you bring up a couple of really good points that I want to echo. One is, you know, allowing people that are new to come over and, have a little bit of time beforehand to get a lay of the land. Dave mentioned maps, and I, I'll say there's kind of two ways that I think of a map. One, for your guys' layouts, is an overall. Mike, if you're telling me we're running, you know, if we're running from Barstow to West Hollywood, I don't know where that is. I, you know, I have no idea. Having that overall orientation uh, to the layout is, to me, tremendously helpful. The second is the individual switching districts. And sometimes they don't really need a map. Other times it's helpful, kind of everybody's choice. I remember one time on, on Joe Binish's land, actually the first time I, I operated on it, working one of the switching districts and not realizing that he had industries that were essentially the, the, the spur was on, was on the aisle side of the room and, and I there was no structure there. So I didn't even notice that the, those were there to be switched until he explained that to me. 
yeah, depending on how you do it, those can be helpful. And last time I was over at Joe's, I was the same thing. I was I was working one of the alleyways and I was using the map because it was faster to me to look there for where an industry was than to look around the signs. I, you know, my own layout, I like to, to always think in terms of if I was coming in new, what would I like to know? You know, what are the little tricks? What are kind of the rules of engagement on the line? And, you know, once I have that, I always think switching, switching, no matter what layout you're on. But if there's little nuances, uh, having those explained, I like to explain those to people. And I don't like to bog people down with too much detail, just the basics so they can get going. And Mike, you hit it on the nose. You know, it's coming along. If, if somebody seems to be fumbling a little to say, oh, would you like a pointer? It, you know, or would you like a suggestion? Or let me just uh, let you add it. I've never had somebody say, no, thanks. Everybody says, yeah, what's the pointer? And then I'll try, think of it this way. Or try it this way. And that seems, to, people seem to appreciate those. Well, Dan, uh, you use a proto throttle now, but I don't know if you use it on all your obsessions or is that just something you pull out here and there? Or, I mean, what's the whole process if you're going to use that if a person's never used it operating on your layout? I mean, does that kind of mess well, up your whole scheme of things? I, I, I don't or? know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet, Ken, to be honest. I, I honestly don't know uh, because I've not been able to do an obsession with the proto throttle. I guess we'll find out Sunday. Oh, okay. When we do this, you know, I was going to use it for MinRail, and then my interface between the local net and the proto throttle gave me the Dickens, and I didn't have time to fix it, so I was back to using regular Digitrax throttles. Uh, so I'm going to find out. The, the biggest difference, other than obviously the controls are a wee bit different, is that you really have to use braking rather than just dropping the acceleration. Well, my question, I guess, would be too, you know, being a person that hasn't used one, because most of us use paperwork when we run our layouts. You know, you've got some sort of an instructional card with you or whatever, a switch list or something. Now, if you're using a proto throttle, I mean, this is maybe going way off topic here, but if you're using that type of a throttle, do you need to have both hands on the throttle to actually use it? Because then what are you using to hold your instructions or if you're using radios and stuff? I mean, do you need like four hands? I think that's to another topic. Yeah, I think that's that's another topic we can hit with like a two-person crew or something. So, Mike, what do you? what's your most asked question on the uh, Santa Maria? The Santa Maria, it's my refrigerator car cards. I have a special type of car card. It's a single-use card, and you have to use a punch to keep track of the car movement. It takes a little bit more instructions to uh, teach how that card works. It's fairly simple, and once I run through it once, uh, everybody seems to grasp it. That's going to be the most difficult thing to take those verbal instructions, put it on a three by five card and keep it to less than 15 syllables. Um, you know, not words, syllables, because yeah. most operators, <laughs> yeah. you know, after the second word, they're they're reaching for the throttle and they just want to move cars. 
Yeah, I'm still trying to look up vignette, but no, I agree with your <laughs> with your punch cards because I was there the first couple of times and I saw, you know, a reefer had to do all these moves, which was prototypical, had to be cleaned, pre-iced, loaded. And I was doing all of them at the same session. And then I realized somewhere it's written or you told me that, no, we only do, you know, one or two of these per session. Is that correct? Depends on the... It, it really doesn't matter, and it's really up to the capabilities of the operator and how I have them handle the cards. Sometimes it's best just to have them move a couple cars until they understand the full nuance of how those work. In the real world, you know, they would spot the cars in the evening, and then in the morning they would move them all and then set them out for the day shift. In reality, they did pretty much touch every car that would be at a packing plant, sometimes twice a day. Do you convey that on a written sheet or does it say it at the packing districts? You know, that's the part that I'm still trying to work on is how do I put it on paper and, and not make it the uh, largest book? And, yeah, you know, yeah, in the small words. yeah. No, I agree. Dan and I were talking earlier and I think Dan brought up this point. I'll steal. He's that like, if you had to write instructions, pretend it costs you $100 to write every word. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's great advice. So, And David, I'll ask you, you've been to hundreds of layouts. As a guest, what are some of the things you like to know or be told? And what are the, some of the things that like you've seen layout owners take for granted? You know, we just thought about the throttles. Well, well everybody knows how to log in a CTC80 throttle or something, you know. What are some things you like to read as a guest or be told? I like the idea of, you know, the, this card that's kind of telling you what you're supposed to do because I know that most of these owners are too busy to be talking to everybody, especially when they do an invitational thing and they don't have a lot of regular operators. And I think I've been pretty lucky because, you know, when I, when I do go out to these meets and even locally, it's always been pretty well documented, you know, what you're supposed to do, you know, that. If a car has to go to a specific spot, then then it shows, you know, door three or, or loading track or clean out track. You know, I just, I take it for granted. The information is there and I just do it. The only time it does get confusing can be with the, I think sometimes off spot cars, you know, that can get to be a little unnerving. Where do you want to put the off spot cars? Yeah. Can, yeah. can you just leave them here? Do you want to bring them back to the yard? So some that actually can be confusing, you know, off-spot cars. Joe Binish does that well. When I was operating his layer last time, he actually listed on a schematic the spots, let alone at an industry, and then also where to put the off-spots. Because that's when you roll into a switching area, there, there might even be a box that says off-spots that it's more additional work for you. Oh, yeah. And even in taking that a step further, like when you do have the car card boxes and there's a, an extra index card or piece of plastic in the box and it says off-spot, you put the cards in front of it or behind it. And this is not even the cars on the railroad. I'm just talking about the little three or five car box that you know says set out or hold or pick up or talk to your wife or whatever it says on it. But it's like, <laughs> do you want these cards behind this or in front of it? Yeah. And that, and maybe that's because I take things too literally sometimes. Like that, I've taken to actually putting, mine will say off spot and then it'll say 
cards behind or car, you know, cards in front or whatever it is for that particular one, you know, just to maybe illuminate a question. Well, that's a, that's a nuance. Yeah. Well, Tom, one of the things that I've noticed too, when you're asking about, you know, some of the questions people ask or like in my case, you know, the rest of the, the panel here today, all model and HO scale. I'm the only N scale modeler here. So one of my questions that I get a lot of times too, is when people, haven't operated on an end scale layout is how do you uncouple the cars? Cause you know, they got their big yeah. old fat greasy yeah. meat hands and they're trying to kill it with a <laughs> stick trying to, un it's like, well, no, you have to be, there's a little bit of finesse to it. You gotta, you know, put the stick in between her and you twist it. And it's, right. you, know, you can't just push the skewer. Present, present company excluded from yeah, that. Yeah, you can't just right? push, you know, push the skewer through the coupler and hope, hope it works. Cause, uh, most people have N-scale couplers that are mounted to the trucks. And when you do that, you end up pushing down on the on the coupler, which lifts the truck off the track, which knocks the car off the track. And there's little nuances, too, with your scale in regard to what types of questions you're going to get. And uh, Dan Dosa, a while back, made me some of these dental pick brushes, and he put them on the ends of a skewer, which actually works really good because now your hand's a lot farther away from the car which gives you room to see in between the cars when you're putting the skewer in between. Because if you're using like a Rick's pick, you know, per se, it's not all that long. So when you go to uncouple a car, you're kind of blocking your uh, view with your hand because you don't have, have a long of a handle on the, on the skewer. And then another one too is just the basic schematic. When you go to a new layout, you kind of want to learn where you're going, where you're taking the train to. If you're not familiar with that part of the country or the layout or anything like that, it's all, I mean, they can tell you anything they want, but unless you see it kind of on a piece of paper and you kind of get your bearings on the layout, you know, you're kind of lost. So I think that's another important one too, to have a, have a schematic or a track plan for somebody to look at prior to them getting into the operation, I guess, just so they familiarize themselves with, uh, where you're going and where you're taking the train. You guys always call me the caveman, but I'm the only civilized one using magnets, right? You guys are using telephone poles to uncouple. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use magnets. magnets. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Magnets okay. Really good. So, Dan, what was your point? You were going to bring up something here? Yeah. D Dave raised an interesting point about paperwork. And I, I just wanted to comment. The best paperwork in the world is the paperwork that I know about. You got a wonderful paperwork. If as an operator, I don't know where that is, it does me no good. It doesn't exist then. So knowing where this information is available, I think is really helpful. And first time I ran one of the yards on your layout, Ken, I didn't realize there was a sheet for all the engine assignments. I got motive power. It's going. I got motive power. All right, yep. It's going. I didn't even know about it. So I'm just winging it as best I can. It didn't even occur to me to look for that. And I think we all, you know, we all, we just don't know as much as we need to know. You know, that's why I like, I'll tell people when they start on the list, well, on your clipboard with your switch list, there's information for you. There's, here, there's a, a one page overview of the line. There's a map of the line. If you need to check these, it's got all my pro tips on it and stuff. Just take a look. And if you have a question, just ask me. You guys feel like on the car cards? This question came up, but I didn't want to we'll throw Joe under the bus again. I had a, another operator working over there next to me. And he's like, pulls out the car card and says, where's Winnipeg? 
And I said, well, it's off the layout. Do you think that's a disservice sometimes? Or, I mean, the layout owner's like trying to show you this routing from Santa Maria to Bakersfield to Winnipeg or something, but shouldn't your car cards just help people out and say back to the yard and then they can flip it to the, the next of the four and say, okay, this is going outbound on the North train. Well, here, I got an answer. Okay. So I, <laughs> I tried ma- I tried making my car cards, you know, I've been simplifying them. So everything, when it's time to leave wherever it was delivered to, they just say east or west because the way the railroad's oriented, every car that's in whatever switching district gets picked up if it's in the pickup box and it all goes back to the north lacrosse yard in my case and from that yard the car goes east or west so i don't i no longer put on there gary indiana u.s steel or minneapolis general mills or whatever they just they're just all east and west and it's like if it's in the pickup box pick it up don't ask any questions bring it back to the yard the guy in the yard knows what to do with it. And that's always the case because, you know, they'll say East or West and it'll say West um, Cicero or Clyde or um, Eola. Right. But those aren't on your, those aren't on your layout. So I was going to say, at least the the lacrosse yard master will say, okay. Yeah. Cause he knows what to do with it next and he'll send it off on a, Westbound train or eastbound train, and it's you know, and it it still doesn't work because now I get people that'll end up in whatever switching district. There'll be eleven pickups to make, and they'll say, "Should I just do the east ones or just the west ones?" And I'll say, "Nope, you're just going back to the yard. So take everything in the pickup box. That's what you have to worry about. Just pick them up. But you don't need to worry about anything else. Your job only is to go from this point to that point." So why even worry about it? If it gets picked up, pick it up. You don't care where it's going. Just pick it up. Yeah, grab it and stuff like that. So I'll go to you, Mike. What question, when you go operate, do you find yourself asking the most uh, to the host or fellow operators? Which way is east? Which way is west? And, and where's uh, the Ensign Morgan, right? So it's and just... where, <laughs> yeah. where, where's the snack table? <laughs> <laughs> and does the bathroom work? Yeah. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Critical. Uh, <laughs> but I think the, the question is, where am I and where are the cars going? Well, that's the first question. I like going to Ken's because he does have maps and you kind of know if you're going left or right and you know, what you have to do with Dave's railroad. If you are lucky enough to get a patrol that goes out and comes back, boy, you don't have to think. You just pick them all up. You take them back to the yard and the poor yard guy, he's got to have to read and figure out, you know, where they go. So so you're so you're saying people actually come back when those patrols. I, I haven't had that luck yet. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're skilled. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now you're qualifying wow. it there. So. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I think that's my number one question is is just where am I and which direction do I go next? Ken, I'll ask you the same thing. What's the question you ask the most? And then we'll go into 
what do you feel layout owners take for granted? And I've got a couple examples on that. But Ken, what when you go visit a layout, what do you ask? Mostly you think is your number one question. Well, one is, you know, how to read the instructions or the car cards just to make sure that you're understanding what they're trying to put out so you're not obviously going the wrong direction or taking something the wrong wrong way. And then, you know, you want to see a map of the layout so you know kind of where you're going, how far are you going? Are you going through the whole layout? Is it just the next town over? Because if you've never been there before, you don't really, really know unless you're, well, you know, looking at something or if you get a chance to wander around prior to the start of the session and scope out the layout, you're kind of, you know, new to everything. So you kind of want to have something in front of you to look at or read just to kind of get you going in the right right direction. Do you feel that some layout owners take some information for granted? Like this happens a lot when I go to timetable and train order layouts. They think we've all been reading form 19s for 10 years and I'm trying to, you know, here's you hand you five pieces of paper and try and go out on the main line. Do you, you know, have you run into that at all? Yeah. I think when a layout owner has a group of people that they've had over for like a basic operating group for a number of years, you know, it's all kind of the regulars. And then they start to get some newer people over. They kind of assume that, you know, everybody knows what what the plan is and what's going and how they operate, which isn't always the case. Uh, if you've never operated a timetable and train order layout, obviously there's a lot to take in and figure that out for the first time. You know, a lot of, a lot of the owners kind of assume everybody knows that. A lot of owners assume that everybody knows what, you know, rule this is or rule that is. And if you're new to the hobby and, you know, you're trying to get into operations, you don't you don't know all the stuff that's hidden deep in a timetable for a prototypical railroad. So, yeah, there's a lot of things I think some owners kind of just assume that all operators know. But, you know, everybody's got a different skill level and knowledge of uh, just railroads in general. Yeah, that's a big thing. Dan, what question do you find yourself asking going to all these new layouts? Well, everybody's kind of hit it on the nose. I want to be able to sort of spatially orient myself in the layout. If I'm working a switching district, it's not a big deal. But if I'm, you know, having to either run through trains, I, I need to know what's north, south, east, west. To have sort of it's kind of a mental schematic of the overall layout. The other that I really like to know is how much traffic should is going to be coming my way because let's say I'm a local if I don't have any traffic coming around the bend well then I'm going to just work and do my thing if they tell me oh and by the way there's six trains with priority over you that will be coming through in the next hour I'm thinking oh you know now I really have to think about what I'm doing so I think those things are about being able to orient myself within space and then within the time frame for what's going to be happening. Has anyone had one of those aha moments where one of your guests has come to you with a question that you've never heard before? And now you're like, oh, maybe I got to learn, you know, maybe that's what I've taken for granted. Maybe that's the question. What have we taken for granted as layout owners to new folks? Mike, what do you think about that? Every operating session, I have at least three of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just three? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's surprising sometimes that you know yes the same question comes up and and my short-term memory kicks in the minute everybody leaves and i didn't write the question down i have a pretty simple railroad uh, as far as operations so questions are easily solved i guess would be the way to put it frankly i'm just lazy (laughs) but don't you feel that you know, I've talked with Dan and Ken and probably Dave and a few of this, that no one knows a layout like yourself. You know, I, I look at the split rock and I just assume things. And then I see people doing things. I'm like, what are you doing? And, you know, like you said, your layout's simple. And I and nothing could be more simple than mine. If the car's empty, it's going this way. If it's look, But still, you know, I see there's gaps. And that's why I kind of keep note on. So, yeah. You know, I think you touched on the biggest pitfall of any operator is that you know your railroad too well. Correct. And so something for you that's easy, simple, and you just go, why did you ask that question? You're just not attuned to a new operator. And when they come over, you know, to you, you've done it for 20 years. I know it. Why don't you? <laughs> you know, right, and, and that's the pitfall. <laughs> yeah, and, and you just, and that's why you have to make notes and keep track of some of these repeating questions. And it's best if you get people to come over who are comfortable with you, so that they can point out these discrepancies without making you feel bad or berating you or you know, whatever, you can say, you know, good point. I got to remember that and and try to write it down. Yeah. And Dan, we talked about this. Do you feel as a host, I think that goes both ways. If somebody comes to you and goes, well, I, this goes to Johnson Manufacturing. How do I know where that is? And then you point to the fascia and there's a big map. Well, there it says right there, dummy, it's Johnson Manufacturing. You know, how does, how do you handle that without being, you know, the sarcastic guy we all know and love but well i mean geez Tom, if you have to ask that question my god yeah. oh. <laughs> you know i really do think you know i like to keep it light sense of humor yeah I, I don't want people to be miserable or this to feel like work i want them to have fun so i really do try and just encourage an openness about discussing these things, you got a question, just grab me, ask me. Um, and, you know, I, th- I, I thought about Mike's comment about I have a simple layout. And I'm thinking about all of you guys, and I'm thinking all of us, in a way, have simple layouts. But they're only simple because we know them and we've operated on them many, many times. But I remember the first time walking down into Dave's basement and thinking, Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. I don't know. You know, help me, help me. I'm That's lost. That's the first thing I thought. Definitely, uh, the same yeah. thing. It just takes a little bit to get oriented, and maybe for me, it it takes longer than other people. I know. I just need to get my own idea of my mental map. This is here. That's there. This is over there. One of the things that where I think our um, owners will screw up is they'll be saying, well, you're going to be taking, you You just take the train from Bemidji to Forest Lake. That's all you got to do. Yeah. So where's Bemidji? That's all. 
where's Forest Lake? What permission do I need? Yeah, you know, it is simple once you understand what the rules of the game are. But otherwise, it's very confusing. The other thing I've noticed on some layouts is that, particularly in yards, the tracks aren't numbered. And so they're like, well, remember one layout, I was trying to build a train. And I'm like, I don't know which yard tracks are which. So <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know if, if uh, we're going from the back to the front, to the front, to the back. Uh, it's really helpful working a yard to have those tracks numbered. Really, really, really helpful. Yeah, that was great, Dan. You were able to chastise me, and I still feel good about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's got those letters after his name, yeah. That's another issue, too, is if you go to a layout, like as a new person, there's a lot to take in just being a new person in general at a new layout. But then you get some layout operators that are looking over your shoulder with every move you make. So now it makes it even more intimidating to try and learn the layout. Plus you've got the layout owner like peering over your shoulder and then he's constantly giving you instructions. Well, you should, you should do it this way. You should go that way, or you should run around here. It's it's like, you know, you kind of have to give the operator some space too. And if they have a question, you know, obviously, you know, anytime ask a question to the, to the owner, but, you know, that can be a whole nother topic itself too, you know, hovering layout owners, um, <laughs> operators, you know, give them the that space to get it done. Yeah. If they get it done and they do it differently than the way you did it the last time, well, you know, they got it done. Nobody died. It's all part of the game. It's all part of the fun. You know, that's, uh, that's another avenue to go down, I guess, at some point. I especially like, uh, as a layout owner, doing the Minnesota old man thing. And, and then, so rather than giving them directions and micromanaging them, I just say, uh, uh, uh. I, I found that very helpful. And, and I've only gotten punched four times for doing it. So. Only four. Yeah. <laughs> just have to find that crotchety guy to open the gate. Once you find him, then it's yeah. Oh, he's a, ba- he's he's a real bait in the rear. The worst. Of course, right now it's, it's heaven because the gate's broken. But I'll have it. Ah. I'll have it ready before Sunday. I promise. So we'll we'll come to our final points, and I'll ask you. You can answer both or either one. But if someone was starting to have operation sessions and they had the safety briefing down, you know, here's the bathrooms, here's the drinks, here's the snacks, and we use this control. What would you tell them to add, or how would you tell them to describe the jobs that work the best? Also, as as you as a guest, what would you tell the host in a way to do something better? And I'll start with you, David. What would what would you suggest to the somebody starting out operations and is having trouble getting information to his crews or comprehension? Adequate paperwork, use the hundred dollar a word rule, which I really like that, you know, just to don't don't make the instructions so complicated that you have to sit down and maybe take them into the bathroom to read them. I mean just Make them simple and don't have any gotchas. I hate that. (laughs) You know, I was on a railroad a while ago, a local one, and sailing along, having a good time. And the dispatcher said, you blew through a signal. And I said, there's no signal there. And he said, well, there's going to be. It's like, so what? (laughs) That that didn't do me any good. And I know Mike was at that layout when that happened, even if he doesn't know that I did that. But it was like, "That, that, that doesn't work. 
you know, just don't have any little secrets that only you know about. (laughs) Just just give it some thought before everybody comes over and keep it simple. Gotcha. Gotcha rule. Dan, what would you say to people trying to get their communication out? One is a good trail of breadcrumbs. Help people know what they need to know to run their, their job, but don't overwhelm them. It, it really is a balance between those two. You give them the information they need and keep it, as Dave said, keep it simple and to the point. You almost can't make it too simple for people. Nobody will ever complain that the instructions were too simple. No, uh, they'll complain if they're too long, but not if they're too simple. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ken, what would you do telling somebody? Well, I think one thing is, uh, you know, don't be afraid to make changes. We've all, everybody here has had a layout that's operated for a number of years. And I'm assuming everybody talks to the operators at the end of the session. Hey, how did it go? What can I do to make it better? Is there something that you didn't understand? You know, all the the basic questions. You know, there's uh, some guys that, you know, don't really like that feedback and, you know, how how dare you question what I've done here and ask me to make a change. So I think, you know, one thing would be, you know, take people's input and, you know, cause I was obviously if uh, one person found an issue with something, obviously it's an issue, whether it's just one person or more than one person, you know, make, make a change to your instructions or make a change to how you have something labeled or maybe the signage isn't in a place where it's easy to see, you know, and somebody pointed out and you're like, well, I'm not going to take the time to move that or whatever. Cause it was just one guy, but maybe other people have an issue too, but they just never told you about it. So I always try to ask people at the end of a session, you know, write down anything that you think I need to work on or fix or, you know, make it so it's simpler for the next guy. Those are good points. Mike, what advice would you give? Can hit him right on the head, every one of them. But I'd have to, add what you mentioned, Tom, is don't tell me now, send me an email tomorrow, because then you eliminated confrontation or hurting someone's feelings. And my email system has a delete button. So, you know, I don't have to hurt your feelings either. But, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. <laughs> pay attention to your crew and are they having fun and are they frustrated with something that is... Uh, paperwork-wise, and accept change. I mean, that's probably the strongest thing is don't dig yourself into a hole and bury yourself. Just be flexible and be willing to change and modify. I think that's important. So this is, I'll wrap up with the points. We talked about the, I think we'll call it a train card that's in the sleeve that you can give somebody. Here's, this is all the information. If you want to read through it, go for this. And we talked about the less words, less syllables. I think the biggest one was note the most asked questions and the most frustrations people have with your instructions. And like Mike says, don't be afraid to change that. Improve your paperwork and your communications. Improve their lettering. Like we said, Dan, can you label some tracks? Because you know what track 27 is. I don't. You know, I don't know what the far side track is or anything like that. And also be kind as an owner. When people ask you questions that you might think are the answers right in front of them, just be kind and say, hey, it's right here. So next time you can find it. And also be respectful as an operator. If you have a question, 
do some research around you. Okay, is there a map? Is there a schematic? Is there a label? I do like the Dave's. I like to eliminate any gotchas because that just sours you as an operator at some session that you're having a good time and, oh, you ran over the red flag or something. Not like Dan saying the best breadcrumbs. And I also like writing my instructions. I'm going to send them out to you guys and a few others and see if it makes sense to you. Because once again, we all said that our layouts, we know, you know, back and forth, upside down. But here's the instructions on how to operate, you know, the Diana Lynn mine. And does it make sense to you? You know, so you arrive and depart on the correct track. Thank you guys for the discussion. Thank you for the great points and the laughter and fun. And with that, we will say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Tom. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to The Crossing Game, the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division. You can find us on Facebook in our group, the Twin Cities Division of the NMRA. You can email us at tcdnmra at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe for future podcasts. You know, the day before, he sends me like 16 pages of uh, of instructions for his layout. I... Uh... I had to take a day off of work and use use a vacation day just to read through the stuff before I went over there. And when I got there, I'm like, you know, I couldn't uh, sleep the previous night. I'm sweating. I'm, you know, wipe, use a beach towel to wipe the sweat. It's like, oh my god, you know, this is like, you know, you know, so intense that you know, you know, you kind of psych yourself out before you even get there because you kind of over over instruct. You know, like like we said, keep it simple, and you know, it's it's really easy to kind of overload somebody with information that they probably don't even need half of it because you're not going to even do half of what's what his layout even entails that's that's the uh that's now the second most important reason to go the first is to see friends and the second is for the buffet